Welcome to Hub & Flow, a podcast produced by Natural Gas Intelligence. On a mission to provide transparency to the natural gas market, Hub & Flow focuses on key fundamentals driving the price of natural gas and LNG in the United States, Canada, and Mexico. Natural Gas Intelligence, or NGI, is a subscription-based price reporting agency, which means we provide trusted and independent natural gas pricing and news for the North American market. Hello, and welcome to another edition of NGI's Hub & Flow podcast. This is Patrick Rao, NGI's Director of Strategy and Research, and I want to continue with our series of podcasts following the recently concluded third quarter 2022 earnings season for publicly traded companies in the North American natural gas value chain. Today, I'd like to focus on a topic that is seemingly always at or either near the top of most important developments for investors and traders alike, and that is natural gas takeaway capacity out of the Permian Basin. We note that the Permian has accounted for nearly 30% of the increase in U.S. rigs thus far in 2022, and natural gas production has reacted in kind. Through November the 14th, Permian dry gas production was up 2.1 BCF a year to date, most in the U.S., and for comparison, Hainesville was second at a BCF a day. But egress is once again becoming very tight out of the area. So much so that prices at Waha once again turned negative for two days in late October because of pipeline maintenance. According to NGI's Ford Curves, as of November the 19th, Waha basis is expected to average negative $2.38 per MMBTU in 2023 before improving to, and I put that in air quotes, improving to negative $1.34 in 2024 and negative 91 cents in 2025. Basically, not really much relief until the 550 MMCF a day Permian Highway expansion is in place in the third quarter of 2023, followed by another 2.5 BCF a day of incremental capacity with the startup of Matterhorn Express in the third quarter of 2024. In fact, Enterprise Products' management opined that they don't think we've seen the last of negative wall prices. Now, one prominent consultant firm is projecting Permian dry gas to go from 15 BCF a day in 2021 to 26 Bs a day in 2030. Obviously, if takeaway capacity is tight now, that kind of production growth is going to require more takeaway capacity in the years ahead. In recent quarters, additional Permian takeaway has meant building more egress from west to east. In fact, the three most recently completed major new builds were Gulf Coast Express, Permian Highway, and Whistler, all of which deliver gas from the Permian either to Katy or Agua Dulce. Ditto for the aforementioned Matterhorn Express pipeline, which will bring its 2.5 BCF a day of gas to the Katy area. After that, Energy Transfer believes their Warrior project would be next to FID, but reported they likely won't look into this for several more quarters at least. And similarly, Kinder Morgan, who are the builders of Gulf Coast Express and Permian Highway, uh, they had been looking into another major West to East project themselves, but now believe that they might not be necessary for several years. I mean, look, it's of little wonder that so much Permian gas has been headed east towards the Gulf of Mexico, considering 80% or more incremental lower 48 demand for natural gas through 2030 is expected to come from the U.S. Gulf Coast. But we'd like to spend a few minutes today focusing on the opposite direction, and that is moving gas west towards California and south into Mexico, as we believe developments there could have major implications on future gas flows from West Texas. 
Now, there really hasn't been too much positive to talk about in recent months with respect to gas flows in those directions. And what there has been to discuss largely hasn't been all that positive. For example, El Paso Natural Gas has had a significant amount of capacity offline since August of 2021 because of the unfortunate explosion on their system. In an effort to continue championing renewables, the California Public Utility Commission continues to threaten to rip out natural gas lines in the southern part of the state, which has made future planning for entities such as SoCal Gas, San Diego Gas and Electric, and L.A. Department of Water and Power, or LADWAP, although we're not supposed to call it that, but everybody does. Planning for those entities has become a very difficult chore at best. And look, while those lines may not literally be ripped out, you get the idea of the regulatory mindset there in Southern California. Meanwhile, the CFE in Mexico has had roughly three BCF a day of pipeline capacity built to haul gas from Wuhan to Mexico, and they did that a few years ago. But we estimate more than half of that capacity currently goes unused most days. And we note a good chunk of what gas is being brought to Mexico from Wuhan is the result of Framaca's Guadalajara system that entered service in 2020, though that system remains vastly unutilized as well. No, the news for permanent flows west and south hasn't been good, but we believe there are three developments that may help turn that around in the months ahead, and all, of course, bear watching. The first is a renewed spirit and willingness by CFE to work with foreign entities. And please allow me to read a quick blurb written by my colleague Christopher Lenton, which was published in NGI's Mexico Gas Price Index on November the 17th. Chris writes, Speaking at LDC Forums' annual U.S.-Mexico Natural Gas Forum in San Diego, San Antonio, excuse me, CFE Energía head Miguel Reyes said Mexican Utility Comisión Federal de Electricidad, CFE, and international firms would now work together to solve natural gas problems. Quote, We're working together in partnerships and within the framework of Mexican law to take advantage of excess natural gas capacity, unquote, Reyes told the audience. It was the first time the CFE team had participated at this event in four years. And uh, that's the end of Chris's blurb. We think that latter part is quite significant. And it's not just talk either. For example, CFE is working with TC Energy to build the 1.3 BCF a day Southeast Gateway project, which is essentially an extension of the offshore marina or Serta Texas Tuxpan pipeline. In so doing, the two parties also resolved some disputes over pipelines that would connect Tuxpan to Villa de Reyes. CFE is also working with New Fortress Energy to build several fast LNG liquefaction facilities offshore Mexico and Altamira. Feed gas would come from the aforementioned Asurda, Texas Tuxpan pipeline, which of course is another CFE-sanctioned pipe. So good news on that front. Reason number two and this is highly related to reason number one, is the potential for energy export activity, excuse me, in the country. If there are any actual energy exports from the west coast of Mexico today, they would be massively in the money per our sister publication, Energy Insight. We're talking in the neighborhood of $35 per MMBTU. Now, that will get your attention. Phase one of the Energia Costa Azul project is currently under construction, and that could expand via second phase. Furthermore, CFE announced a partnership with uh, Ionova, which is a subsidiary of U.S.-based Sempra Energy, to supply the Vista Pacifico LNG export project in Sonora. That project will be fed from supply 
on Sonora Pipeline, which is another CFE Commission pipeline. Now, there's also Mexico Pacific Limited and Amigo LNG, and they have reported various measures of success in developing their projects as well. I mean, look, this is obviously a long-term development, as it takes roughly four years on average for LNG projects to enter service after reaching FID, but it would be a step in the right direction for improving the long-term flows from the Permian. Finally, I want to address something in Kinder Morgan's third quarter earnings call that I think went largely unnoticed by the public. In fact, it's something that wasn't even really part of their prepared remarks, and that is they're revealing that they've been looking to building natural gas storage in Arizona, which would be the first such facility in the state. We believe that this is potentially hugely significant for a number of reasons, those being it could alleviate some of the pressure in California following the reduced capacity of Aliso Canyon. It would provide extra protection in the event of another well freeze-off in West Texas. It could facilitate future intermittent service on El Paso natural gas to California during days when renewables are, well, intermittent. It could serve as potential storage backdrop to a number of the proposed LNG facilities in Mexico, especially along the Sonora Pipeline. And it would also be a potential outlet for Rockies production, which we noticed down 6% year over year through 2022. And this could potentially improve the economics for producers in that part of the country somewhat. So there are quite a number of potential positives that could arise from this down the road. Now, again, as I mentioned before, we don't know the details behind this potential Arizona storage project. But we are keeping a sharp eye on this, and we'll report developments as they happen. I mean, hey, that's what we do at NGI. Anyway, that's all we have for today, and I know it's a lot to think about. Please know that our, our excuse me. Please know that our editorial staff writes about these topics each and every day in our daily gas price index publication, as well as our Mexico gas price index service. If you subscribe to those, we thank you and invite you to follow their daily commentary. If you don't and would like more information, including a free trial, please reach out to us at www.naturalgasintel.com and we'll get you started. On behalf of everyone at Natural Gas Intelligence. I'd like to thank you once again for tuning in today. And if I don't talk to you before, here's wishing you all a very safe and a happy holiday season. Take care and talk soon. Understanding the energy, regulatory, and political landscape is imperative to achieving success in the Mexican natural gas market. A daily information service that is trusted by active market participants on both sides of the border, NGI's Mexico Gas Price Index provides on-the-ground and independent news and insight as well as market-informed natural gas pricing and flow data. Visit natgasintel.com backslash Mexico dash GPI to find out more about NGI's Mexico services and how they can better inform your strategy today. Thank you for listening to NGI's Hub and Flow podcast today. We encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it, and please do share it with your colleagues. A trusted provider of natural gas news, data, and pricing information for North America, NGI offers subscription-based products. Please visit natgasintel.com if you are interested in NGI and our services. If you would like to dive deeper into this subject, additional resources are available on our website as well. Just visit natgasintel.com and click on the resources tab to find the podcast page.